millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we're talking to Zoe, and Zoe wrote in talking about, you know, just navigating what it looks like to have just gone through a divorce um, during the pandemic, which like layer on top of layer, I'm sure, of stress, Uh, single parenting, you know, now I'm sure even considering the idea of dating, what does that look like? How do we unpack stuff relationally? I'm sure that you've come to realize about that, that now divorce, right? That relationship. So um, I'd love for you to take us a little bit deeper. Yeah. So I got divorced last March, it was. Um, and the divorce was finalized pretty quickly. I had decided in September of 2019 that my marriage was absolutely over. I'd been thinking it for a long time, but I finally, there was a final straw and that was it. I was mm-hmm. done. Um, I filed in the beginning of January of 2020 and by March 12th, it was, it was done. I was divorced. So then I found myself having to sell the family home. Um, I couldn't afford to live there by myself, which was really hard for me. That was my one kind of real piece of stability Mm -hmm. kind of in the chaos of my marriage and all the kind of emotional ups and downs of that. So that was really a real kind of piece of mourning for me was yeah. having to leave that home, which was a real, yeah, that was, that was very emotional for me as well as having to leave the, take the children out of what had been their family home and a great neighborhood, that kind of old school neighborhood where all the kids play together, you know, out front all summer long. 
Um, My best friend lived two doors down. So that was really actually Mm. the hardest part was leaving that home. Um, And everything just happened at once. So divorce, COVID, my first grader being out of school. um, My other kid was in daycare. um, And then being moving from a home into an apartment with my two kids and being isolating, you know, because it was right when COVID hit. So everything just came crashing down at once. And I just found myself, you know, in an apartment with my kids kind of, and I thought my divorce was going to be like, Hey, this is freedom. Start of your new life. Like, what's that going to look like? What are you going to do? And I'm like, okay, I'm going nowhere. (laughs) I'm Mm. meeting no one. And my kids are really struggling. And it was just a really Mm. overwhelming time. Um, so my kids went back to school finally last week. Mm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I want to clap. (laughs) Life has changed again. So it's been 10 months of just, you know, I finally kind of adjusted to that. And now I am, Mm. have a lot more time. I was, oh, I was also laid off not long after Mm. I got divorced due to COVID. So I've really been home with my kids pretty much the whole time. And, um, now it's like, okay, what does life look like now? And like, like you said, possibly thinking about dating and working on myself and kind of that kind of trauma and loss from everything that has, has happened. So do you feel like now that the dust has somewhat settled, um, has there been any kind of like aha moments or, you know, during this time of reflection and, and kind of almost cocooning because I feel like that's Mm. been a force for most of us right has there been anything that you've taken away from this time where you've said ah you know what I realize this now um you know about the relationship about kind of that that chapter in your life yeah I think I've I've learned a lot about resiliency this year for sure I mean there's definitely been times where I've just I broke down you know on multiple occasions right near the start I'm calling my mom like I can't do this. These kids are being awful. How am I going to, I, if I had looked back in March, April, May and thought that my kids were going to be home for 10 months, Mm. I don't know how I would have done it. Like if, if I hadn't just been able to just take it, I really had to break life down into not knowing Mm. and letting go of that control. I love that. Um, Because I think in my marriage had been so chaotic in so many ways I wanted to have control so badly Mm. um so I've really had to let go of um you know accepting the not knowing and a lot of people you know saying to me we're not in control you know there's nothing that we can control and um I don't just really taking the time to um I don't know just breathe Mm. I think I think life has been so kind of up here so much that I'm just trying to learn how to breathe and um, just enjoying being by myself. Yeah, I don't know if that really answers the question. No, it does. (laughs) I mean, resiliency in in general, like I think you just basically beautifully talked about what resiliency looks like in the moment, in the flesh. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Zoe, first and foremost, I've got to say it because I, I know it's the fact that's here in the room. You are a friggin' warrior girl. <laughs> and um, like, that is like the baseline from which we are starting this conversation. Yeah. And I do think that that is the gift of going through these really, really difficult moments that if we were to outside of the moment, you know, think about all of the things that you just described happening to us, we would not believe that we would possibly um, survive them. And here you are having survived all of what last year was for, um, for all of us collectively, but certainly as parents. Um, like, I mean, it's the fact that we as parents are like keeping our heads above water is just miraculous. And in addition to all of the other things, just, whoa. Um, but it does really bring home on a visceral level what I am capable of. You know, I have gotten through this last year and, and now I know, you know, I, I know myself on a different level. I know what I'm capable of doing on a different level. And I guess what's really coming up for me um, is being curious about what you want after this last year, like what you're feeling like you want for yourself. Yeah, I am. Um... In terms of relationships, I it really kind of opened my eyes to um, just how much I kind of, I guess, shrank myself mm -hmm. in the past. Um, my marriage was someone who has a lot of untreated mental health problems. Mm -hmm. And it was years of just, you know, walking on eggshells and waking up not knowing what mood the other person was going to be in and just kind of kind of living life in survival mode. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, when you get to the point where you just be, kind of become really hopeless and realize that things aren't going to change. So you just kind of go into inside of yourself and just kind of oh, basically stop trying and just kind of live life day to day in survival mode. Yeah. Um, that's what life became like for a really long time until I got to a real rock bottom. And I thought, I was looking forward to the future and I thought, this can't be what my life is going to mm -hmm. be like. I was so hopeless and I was like, am I ever going to have anything to look forward to? Like, mm. this is, I'm so miserably unhappy. And I just was like, this isn't going to be my life. And I didn't want that to be the relationship that my children were seeing modeled. Yeah. Um, yes. So I finally was like, no, this isn't going to be my life you know I deserve I deserve happiness and my children deserve you know they love their dad their dad loves them but it was not uh it was a toxic very toxic environment um so yeah it forced me to look at the, my own patterns of behavior I kind of realized I'm like you know like you say is this being different relations same same pattern different faces you know yeah. this kind of like looking back at previous people and um yeah it just being a real pattern of behavior so um but you broke that trying... pattern it sounds like yeah. you're deciding to yeah. choose you to choose your kids to choose yourself when you're saying it that feels like a break in pattern yeah and I decided you know when I first got divorced I was kind of like oh I'm gonna be doing this I'm gonna be doing that and now I'm really taking the time and I'm okay with the fact that I might be single for a while yeah mm. I am not in any rush because I've kind of known I had what I'm looking for and that that's probably going to take a while to find. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I've kind of like, when people talk to me about dating, I'm kind of like, eh. 
It'll happen when it happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm really grateful you're bringing this conversation to us, Zoe, because I feel like I quite often talk to clients who are in the space that you're describing. And I think it's going to be really helpful for someone else to hear you describing what it felt like to be in that space. And what comes up for me so much of the time is choose your hard, right? It's going to be hard regardless, right? Like being married when it's not authentic and making you miserable and not the truth of what you want for your life is hard. It's going to be hard when you are co-parenting with someone after, right? But choose your hard, right? Like mm-hmm. is the hard that I want, the, the hard that is sort of um, me living an authentic life and me teaching my children how to choose themselves and, you mm-hmm. know, get this one go round, right? So if it's going to be hard either way, which hard do I want to choose, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a boy and a girl. So in one respect, I didn't want my son growing up to think that whether he's with a man or a woman, whatever partner he ends up with, that that was how he spoke to or treated mm. his partner. I didn't want to see his dad the way his dad treated me. That's not the norm. And I also wanted my daughter, who's already a force of nature. I think she'll be fine. <laughs> but I didn't want her to see that this is what you accept in a relationship. So um, from both of them, I just felt this responsibility of, yeah, that's to me what kind of parenting was, was that Mm. what relationships they are seeing as they grow up. You know, I love this because what what it feels like for me is so many times when we're talking to somebody, we're actually talking to them or they come to us about five steps back from where you are right now, right? So they're standing on this precipice and they're like, what do I do? What hard, to use Delaney's language, you know, what hard do I want to choose? You're actually now into the threshold. Like you've kind of crossed one threshold and now you're looking out at the potential for your life. And I mean, look, COVID has thrown all of us for a loop, right? We don't know when it's going to be over. We don't know what normal quote unquote is going to look like, but it feels to me like you've done a lot of integrating and a lot of sitting with like, I know why I made these decisions and I, and I know what my patterns are and I, and I plan on kind of continuing to do the work. If you sat in almost an imaginal space, let's pretend like COVID tomorrow, poof, it's gone. (laughs) We can actually, I don't know, talk to people, not wear masks, like, you know, the other humans hug them. I was about to say, let's be honest, but you're talking about making out with people. (laughs) I mean, maybe. That might be one component. Carry Um, on. But it's like, if we, if we sit there and we say, poof, okay, tomorrow that's gone. What do you see for yourself? Like go to a place of imagination. Like if you could wave a wand and your life could kind of lay itself out in the way that you feel it should. I guess I don't love that word, but that's the word that came up. Mm. <laughs> what kind of comes up for you? Mm. That's hard to know apart from kind of what everyone else wants in terms of being able to socialize and just sure. be around people. And the reason why I'm, I, I want to come back to this is because Danae asked a similar question and you went back to a space of the learnings that you've had so far, which I think is beautiful and amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want to push you again to say, like, now it's time. Like, what do I want? What do I see for myself? That's the part where I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I want to name it. God, I relate to that so much. And that is a different type of work. And another, right. like, it's another level of work, right? right? So this is like your leveling up work. Now mm-hmm. that I've sort of like done so much of the the work around choosing 
my family and doing the right thing and like basically like putting the oxygen mask on this situation mm-hmm. and getting out. Now I get to create. Yeah. And that whew, is, I mean, it's, it's amazing and scary mm-hmm. simultaneously, right? Like, because if my life belongs to me, which let's be honest, this is mm-hmm. the realm of my life all of a sudden belongs to me for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do with that phenomenal cosmic power? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've been in that freeze yeah. state for a really long time. And I know that when I'm stressed, I am the world's greatest procrastinator. Mm. I sit there and I just have this feeling of just, when I get overwhelmed, I just don't do anything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So almost having all of these options all of a sudden and, you know, people saying to me, okay, now your kids are back in school, time to get a job and what are you mm. going to do? And I'm just kind of like, uh. <laughs> like I'm still trying to breathe a little bit. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. So it sounds like having all those possibilities is kind of the thing that gets really scary and overwhelming for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so let's breathe into that a little bit together, (laughs) right? Like let's actually take a collective breath. And that, you know, this is where to V's point, like we do want to invite the shoulds to exit the room Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. and you get to, tap into the the realm of who Zoe was before she was conditioned to believe who she had to be, um, who I would be if there were no sort of, you know, boundaries around like what is going to be the smartest way to make money or what mm-hmm. is going to be right. the, the most, um, what's the word that's... Um, uh, the word's it's not like coming. It's a logical to- choice, right? Like, I feel like so many of us, right. like, especially the stage that you're in right now, it's like, okay, you know, and you're a mom. So trust me, we get that. But it's like, okay, got to be logical. Got to do the thing that makes sense. And like, yes, and. And what V is talking about in terms of the imaginal space it's a real shift in gears from that mm-hmm. space of the logical, right? Like we got to get out of like the thing that makes sense mm-hmm. and into the like, what would to use Joseph Campbell's phrasing, like following my bliss even look like, like Mm -hmm. how can I start to discover my bliss? What is bliss for me? Like, maybe I don't know. And that's not a like quick fix, like answer that's going to come. It's Mm -hmm. really just allowing myself to start to be in the exploration. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that's going to be trial and error, Zoe, you know, it might be like, maybe I paint. I don't really love painting, you know, maybe I want to go swimming, not for me. Um, but maybe I start hiking and oh my gosh, something happens in my soul when I am out in nature. Mm. And that is information, right? Like, oh, I do it, love that. Yeah. 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 Breadcrumbs, right. And it feels like, well, that's not going to lead to a career. That's not going to lead to my next step. We have no idea and so often it leads to something I would have never imagined from my mm. logical space. I hadn't thought about it like that. That's really mm. cool. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, to Danae's point, it's like me coming back to this and being like, go to that space again. Like, what is it that you want? There is no such thing as like, well, here is what I want. I'm going to lay it all out. You know, it's like not robotic left brain that we're talking. This is something for you, I think, to take away and really start to play around with, right? Like, what Danae's talking about is actually feeling into the body. When you get a little bit of a spark, follow mm. that breadcrumb. 
right? doesn't matter where it takes you, just follow the breadcrumb. And if you get a feeling of like, oh, this isn't for me, fine. Drop the breadcrumb and turn the other way, right? There's no right or wrong. There's no yes or no on this. It's just following that kind of body intuitive sense. Um, and maybe it won't take you career-wise. Maybe it'll take you to something that's just a passion of yours that lights mm -hmm. you up. You know, we don't know. Um, but as scary as it is, this is such an exciting time to be in because you don't have to ask permission of anybody mm, to do this, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I am. Um, that's been for the first time in a long time. And I think I really have to go back to the start because the career that I did have before I was married and had kids, it was, um, my brother always says that my mom like lived vicariously through me, mm. that I didn't really put a lot of thought into what I wanted to do with my life. And I know my mom with the best of intentions would say that she just encouraged me, hmm. but I really felt like I was um, pushed down a certain path when I was young and I didn't have the strength of character to really be like, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. I kind of just kind of went with the, the flow and ended up somewhere that wasn't my passion at all. Um, but it made my mom very proud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, exciting though. You get to now show your kids a different way. Like mm. instead of living the unlived life of our parents, which so many of us end up doing, you get to show them what it looks like to change, what it looks like to discover yourself, what it looks like to mm. try and fail and then try something new to not get discouraged maybe when like, oh, I thought this was it and maybe it's not. Like mm. that's such an exciting lesson to show them because that's what they're gonna take away into their own life. It's so sort of um, the opposite of what we think, you know? Like we think that as parents, like sacrificing everything for our kids and like making them the center of our universe is like how we show them love and that it's selfish to insist upon me and, you know, what I would love to do for myself. And it's actually the opposite, you know, to the point that V was just making, um, Carl Jung, one of my favorite quotes of his mm -hmm. is that the greatest burden we will ever put on our children is the unlived lives of their parents. Right. And so you're, you're sort of speaking to that, that so often, like we teach our children what they're allowed to want for themselves. We teach them what it is to live with the fullest sense of aliveness. And so, you know, reclaiming that for yourself and getting like, literally like where you're describing that point of like my last career is a really good place to start. Like, well, mm -hmm. what might've been what I was thinking about or contemplating or interested in then? Like, see if you can go back to that girl that I was and really mm -hmm. like get in touch with her. Like, what did she love? What did she get turned on by and start to explore some of those spaces and give yourself like that space to just like really tap into the aliveness that she felt back then, you know? Yeah. I know that my mom is very much the self-sacrificial mm -hmm. and that is something that I have to try and make sure that I don't carry forward. Cause like you say, it doesn't do your kids any, any favors in the future. Yeah. So and it sounds like even, you can change that. I mean, even yeah. the idea of like choosing yourself and leaving your marriage, that in itself actually kind of goes against that idea of the self-sacrifice. And it's a practice for all of yeah. us because like, you're not alone in that. Most of us were <laughs> raised by parents who conditioned us to believe this is love. I gave up everything for you, <laughs> you know, and yeah. we're, we're restructuring, we're creating a new paradigm where nope, actually 
loving you well means loving myself and teaching you how to love yourself by me modeling that for you. It's a, it's a new world we're creating here, right? Like we're doing something different because to the point that you're making, our children don't feel that as love. They feel that as a burden. Like, oh, my parents have sacrificed so much for me. I have to make the choice based on what they've given up. We don't want to put that on them. They didn't ask for that, you know? Yeah. And when I gave up my career, my mom was devastated. I mean, she took it to the point where it was like her loss. Personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's such a common thing that not even common. It's like, it's a new paradigm shift, yeah. right? Like that this is what for a very long time, was the way that people felt about raising children. You have kids and essentially your life is over, but that's not what we want to teach our kids. Like my life isn't over because I've had you. Um, My life is just beginning and you are like the icing on the cake of the, of my life. Not all of the ingredients here, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's so, yeah, absolutely. So unhealthy. (laughs) Have you read, have you read Untamed yet? Oh my God, I love that. I was going to say, I feel like that's one of the ones for you that's going to be like lots of underlining and note taking. (laughs) Yeah, I, it's funny. I got it just as my divorce has been finalized. So (laughs) perfect timing. Yep. Yeah. I kind of read it in the last month that I was in my, my house, the Mm. family house. And I, I've been meaning for a while to go back and read it again. And like you say, highlight, because there were so many phrases. I was like, this is it. Like, Mm -hmm. She just, that book is incredible. She puts so many words to things that so many of us have experienced and experienced, you know, continually. And I think the purpose of you coming here and having this conversation with us is not about taking a tangible thing away. It's about being like, right, okay, I'm in this next space. It's time Mm. to allow myself to really be there and to have fun with the exploration Mm. that comes from being there. And maybe going back and pulling from some of that book again would would be useful and helpful for you to kind of stir that up. Because I know for me, when I was reading it, it really did like, excite me to want to do my own exploration of my own brainstorming and like, Ooh, what would that look like for me? And so Mm. if you loved it and it resonated with you, you know, maybe that is an idea. Yeah. yeah, there was certain um, certain paragraphs that I would take screenshots of and send to my friends, yeah. and especially <laughs> one part about oh, about raising daughters. I can't remember what yeah. it is now. It's yeah, today's favorite lines. Do you remember what it is about? We become. <laughs> of course, I do. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, with that, we as mothers become responsible parents or responsible mothers when we become disobedient daughters, right? And yes. I think it's. Speak- I was like, I know Danae knows this one well because it's like because like, the oh, sobs that like came out of me as I was reading that line. But you know, Vanessa and I did a book club on. Um, that book. And I do think it is a worthwhile book to go back and read, maybe start a book club with some of your girlfriends. So you can sort of process together as like what this is bringing up. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. It's such a, like, there's so many, God bless Glennon for writing this book, but there's so many universal themes of like we as women have experienced in this patriarchal culture mm-hmm. that she like breaks down in ways that we have never thought about them. Right. So even as you're leveling up into this space of like, what do I get to give myself permission to do now? It's I think helpful to really examine and what have been some of the constraints around why I haven't really given myself permission to explore my bliss in this way, right? Like just sort of like integrating that conversation in the exploration of the imaginal space that V was talking about, you know? Yeah, I think now 
going back and reading it like 10 months on mm-hmm. and, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure I would take a lot of things just not differently, but just maybe have more like, no, I really am starting to get it or there's a knowing you know, there'll be a knowing in it. Yeah. It's her language too. Right. There'll be a different mm-hmm. knowing in it now than, than I think in the beginning of that part of your journey. Absolutely. Yeah. It was one of the books that I thought, man, if I could afford it, I would buy this for every woman mm-hmm. in my life. I'm like, everyone has to read this. Oh my gosh. I know. Absolutely. I, know. I wish we could force all of our mothers to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder how my mom would take that. that would be- <laughs> we've, we've all contemplated that Zoe. <laughs> I've had so many people be like, would it be passive aggressive for me to deliver this to my mom's address? I'm like, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation and that, you know, we've talked about the mother wound a little bit and the mother wound is something that it doesn't just impact us. It doesn't just impact our mothers. Like this is like patriarchal conditioning that has been passed down through generations, right? So our mothers have been impacted by the stuff that we're talking about. So actually, as much as we're sort of joking that it would be like a passive aggressive dig, it's a little bit their healing as well. So I actually sort of am on board if our mothers would be open to reading it, that they've been impacted just as much as we have by, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. By the limitations on their own lives. I know that my mom has a lot of wounds that she's been carrying around and she's now 78 and she Mm. was my dad was an alcoholic and he died when I was 13 from Mm. alcohol related you know his body just Mm. you know gave up and she never moved on she's never even contemplated being with anyone else seeing anyone else that was you know 25 yeah I was 13 I'm now 38 so that was 25 years ago and she's been carrying that and um a lot of other loss family loss in her life and I just feel like yeah there's a lot of weight there that I you know I can appreciate a lot more now that I'm older you know what we were speaking to earlier about how we get to model for our children not that this is like why you're doing it but I do find sometimes it's, it's helpful to remind ourselves that when we start to choose ourselves we're also modeling it for the people around us like our mothers I don't care if they're 78 or not what it looks like to choose yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing it in a way that's not like you're wagging a finger at her and saying, this is what you should be doing. You're doing it for yourself. They just happen to be witness to it Mm -hmm. and they can't help but be affected by it in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think about intergenerational trauma being sort of passed down, um, it's not just like the relationship between you and your mother. It's sort of like you choosing you is healing the wounds of your ancestors as well. Like this is, this is big work that you're doing Zoe. And it's actually like the work of really getting still and questioning what do I want to me becomes like purpose of life work for you, right? Mm -hmm. You're healing ancestral trauma in doing that work and saying, no, no biggie, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but truly like the women in your family, you're describing what is sort of like trauma that has been passed down and it's the buck stops here, stops with me. I am claiming myself as a way to stop this pattern. Yeah. 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 That feels, that feels good. (laughs) And I was so worried about telling my mom about the divorce and everything. And then just Mm -hmm. one day at the blue, a couple of months ago, she sent me a card in the mail saying, um, you are so strong. I'm so proud of you. And, um, 
Yeah, kind of like look how far you've come or something, something along those lines. Ooh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. That's um, huge. Yeah, and now a friend of mine is going through a divorce and, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm now at a point I can be there for her to lean on me because her mom is not being supported, not being on board. And I know it's because she is so unhappy yep. in her life and her marriage and she never stepped away. And she is, I tell my friend, you know, you're, you're being a mirror. You're forcing her to look at the unhappiness in her life. And it's not to have the support from, from her mom and, you know, come up against such a brick wall in terms of, um, yeah, it forces people around you to be uncomfortable. You're doing so much bigger work than you even realize, and you're already doing it. And I'm like, I just want to commend you so much. And, you know, I also, I actually want to go back, you know, as we wrap up, I want to go back to this idea that Danae floated, like, what would it be like if you and a few friends actually got together on Zoom once a week and did a book club around this book? I actually think, and maybe you're like the moderator, like maybe you're the one that kind of kicks it off. Um, it is such a healing. And it's not just that like, it's Glennon's words that are healing. It's like what Danae was saying, it's processing together as a collective, the themes and how they've impacted you all as individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't mm -hmm. know, there's something in that idea for me, that feels really, um, I don't know, really big for you for some reason. Once I've walked through a fire, I know how to get through that fire yeah. and I can teach others, right? Yeah. And you're already sort of speaking to it. And I, I think V and I were sort of feeling the same thing energetically as you were talking about your friends. And it's sort mm -hmm. of like, once I have gone through this thing, now I sort of know how to like write the rule book to support mm -hmm. other people in doing it. And I think there is something <laughs> powerful in that idea of you being the facilitator, you mm -hmm. holding space, because it becomes like, my work is around being of service to other people going through something that I've now been through and know how to come out on the other side. And there's healing for you in that as well. Absolutely. And that's, that's how I feel in terms of like, you know, people ask me what I want to do and I'm like, I don't know yet, but I want to do something that is helping other mm. people. Um, so yeah. there might, yeah. be a, there might be a breadcrumb in there. Follow it. Mm. Thank you so much. And, this uh, is I have so huge. My, well, do me a favor. Will you will you email us and kind of let us know what's happening, what's coming up for you? You know, just check in, keep us posted. We'll be curious mm -hmm. to see how the the next yeah, kind of year that. unfolds for you as we as we emerge from COVID slowly. Yeah, yeah, I um I appreciate this so much. Just yeah. you guys taking the time, and it's um yeah yeah carry on warrior. <laughs> yeah, carry on warrior. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. We appreciate you, girl. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.